Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's Sarah, and this is Cog Dog Radio. We've been a little bit absent from the airwaves lately. Lots of stuff going on this year, so I'm going to give you an update in this episode and talk about where the podcast is headed. So, just the newest developments in my life um, that pertain to dogs would be that I added some chickens to my household. We already had three adult hens and I got babies um, just recently and I wanted to talk a tiny bit about keeping dogs with animals like chickens or even cats or any of the other kind of small animals that we keep around dogs that could easily be considered prey by our dogs. The number one thing is to just not kid yourself. Understand that especially with an animal like a chicken, most dogs are going to see it as a prey item And they're not a bad dog for chasing or even killing a chicken. They're actually just being a normal dog. Um, It's really frustrating to me whenever I hear about dogs being corrected strongly or, you know, most people will use an electronic collar to kind of try to curb this behavior in their dogs. And it upsets me because it's such natural, normal dog behavior. And the truth is that If I thought the e-collar were actually going to be effective, um, if I thought that just one session with that would stop the dog from ever killing a chicken, I would probably say go for it, but that's not the case. You are not going to suppress the dog's biological need to chase down and kill prey animals by administering an aversive like shock. So understand that the best thing to do is to just have barriers in place, have a system in place to keep your dog separate from your chickens or whatever other animals. Um, And then if you have the opportunity to raise your puppy around the chickens, just make sure that they're always eating cookies around the chickens. This is never a, you know, correct them if they start to chase the chicken kind of situation. They should be just staying calm and eating cookies the second that the dog learns that the chicken will flap and run and be exciting when they chase after them is the second that all hope is pretty much lost for your dog to interact with your chickens peacefully. So just kind of keep that in mind. Right now, uh, my super prey driven dogs are not really around the babies. Um, Most of my dogs have seen them. About half of my dogs kind of ignore them, about another half get kind of obsessive with watching them. And so, generally speaking, they're tiny babies, they're in a brooder by themselves right now, Um, and so the dogs just aren't coming into contact with them. So, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I don't expect my dogs to not kill my chickens. I expect myself to keep my chickens and my dogs safe and separate from each other. Some of my dogs are totally fine with the chickens and not all of them. So I supervise, I use fences, I separate them. I understand that I'm keeping, that keeping chickens and dogs in the same space is a completely unnatural thing and it's not fair for me to ask my dogs to not chase them. Luckily, uh, most of my border collies want to actually just move them as opposed to kill them. They want to just lower their head in circle and move them around. um, And that works out totally fine. But I understand that even herding is prey behavior. It's just highly stylized. And so I don't trust anybody to 
be unsupervised or be without barriers um, around animals that I care about. So moving right along, um, and please don't send me a bunch of emails asking me about teaching your dog to be nice to your chickens. I hope by saying this that I'm being very clear that I don't teach dogs to be nice around chickens. I just use barriers to keep everyone safe. So moving right along, I've been doing tons of seminars this year, traveling all over the country. It's been very exciting and I'm getting ready to wrap up my final seminars of the year. So I'm just going to list them out for you in case um, you might be interested in catching me this year. And all of this information is, of course, on my website in the seminars and workshops tab, which is the cognitivecanine.com. So next up, we've got um, two dates in September. I'm teaching Worked Up in Portland, September 8th and 9th. I'm teaching Worked Up in Milwaukee, uh, September 16th and 17th. So that's what I've got going on in September. Moving on to October, I've got one date in Dallas. Uh, it's Worked Up, and it is the 7th and, I'm sorry, the 7th and 8th of October in Dallas. Then I'm taking the rest of October to travel to Tennessee to compete in sign sport and then travel back. So that's all I've got going on there. I've got two super exciting dates in November in the UK. So I'm teaching Worked Up the 11th and 12th in the UK. And I'm teaching Jumping Gymnastics with Leslie Ide the 14th and 15th in the UK. And all of this information is again on my website, thecognitivecanine.com. And then as soon as I get back from the UK, I turn around and fly to the Bay Area. I'm going to be at the Marin Humane Society teaching Worked Up um, November 18th and 19th. And that will wrap up my seminars for this year. I'm not teaching in December. So if you want to catch me this year, I will be doing some scattered Worked Up dates next year, but there won't be as many of them. So if you want to get in on Worked Up, I know that there are spots open um, I believe still from Milwaukee, Dallas is full. And of course, I'd love to see any of you guys in the UK. So you can shoot me an email asking or there should be contact information for all of the seminars on my website, thecognitivecanine.com. Hopefully, um, I get to see you. I always love hearing seminar participants um, tell me that they're fans of the podcast. It's, it means a lot to me. And then for people who have attended a worked up seminar, or taken the worked up course on Fenzy Dog Sports Academy, please come and join the worked up Facebook community. So it's just called worked up community. So you'll have to do a Facebook search for that. Again, worked up community. Just search for that in groups and you will find it. Um, it's a closed group. So you have to ask to join. When you ask to join, shoot me a Facebook message um, telling me if you took the class or if you were in a workshop. Um, that way I just know that I'm not letting a bunch of random people into the group. And in the group, people just kind of share their trials and tribulations. They share their experiences of Worked Up and they share their continuing um, application of the Worked Up principles. And it's really awesome, you guys, to have a community of people who are trying to use the same principles to help their dogs work through the same stuff. So if you've been in a workshop or a seminar or in the online course, even at the bronze level, please come over and join the Worked Up Community Facebook group. 
And then the last thing that I want to talk about is one of my major influences in dogs uh, passed away this week. Ray Coppinger, um, professor emeritus of biology at Hampshire College, and he and his wife Lorna Coppinger have written some really thought-provoking books on just the ethology and evolution of dogs. Um, And if you've not read any of Ray Coppinger's stuff, I really, really recommend that you dive into it. Um, The last book that he published before he left us, um, I believe, is the book called What is a Dog? And it just goes through, you know, the the evolutionary history of dogs and where dogs are right now across the world. Because what's really interesting is that people tend to assume that dogs descended from wolves and therefore they're basically wolves just domesticated, just watered down. And Ray's thoughts on this are that that's basically incorrect. Um, And so this is a quote from his book, What is a Dog? He says... Even if all dogs were descendants of the, and he puts the in quotations because there are so many different species of wolf, (laughs) he says of the wolf, that doesn't make it a wolf or even a subspecies of wolf. Some say the dog can mate with the wolf and produce viable puppies, and that is true. They also can and do mate with coyotes, Ethiopian wolves, three different species of jackals and dingoes, and produce viable puppies with all those species. What makes the gray wolf so special? And so understand that this is just a tiny bite of the really, really interesting stuff that he writes about in What is a Dog? And his book that initially caught my attention, um, which is just called, it's just called Dogs. And the subtitle is A New Understanding of Canine Origin, Behavior, and Evolution. Um, That's his book that first caught my attention and really blew my mind in talking about how dogs live today across the world. He spent his career studying the semi-wild village dogs of the world, basically the dump-eating dogs, these populations of uh, Canis familiaris that live all over the world, basically eating humans' garbage. And his work is... Truly amazing, truly incredible. If you are a total nerd like me, you will love all of his stuff. So truly, you guys, in memory of him, get on Amazon or wherever you buy your books and buy buy all of them. They're all interesting, especially if you're a dog trainer, especially especially if you're involved in dogs. It's really important, I think, that we understand dogs as a species. And that comes back to my idea of, again, the four steps to behavioral wellness, Whenever I've heard Ray Coppinger speak, he has talked about um, that we've taken this species that is highly evolved to take care of itself. It's highly evolved to feed itself based on its environment um, and reproduce and survive and thrive on this earth based on its environment. And then we put them in a crate and we put food in a bowl and we hand it to them and we are maybe not always doing them a service by doing these things and he you know would argue that if we talked about you know what how do we decide that an animal is fulfilled how do we decide that they're fulfilling um kind of their life's mission so to speak 
the only ways that we can kind of quantify that are to say, you know, what are they driven to do and are they allowed to do it? And dogs are driven to scavenge for food um, and basically find find mates to make puppies with. And that's that's what they're made to do. And I'm not saying don't keep them as pets. And I'm not saying, I'm absolutely not saying let your intact animals, you know, run around the neighborhood making puppies. What I am saying is how can we take their domestic environment and make it a little bit more like their natural environment? And we can do that in one big way by feeding them out of puzzle toys and not out of a bowl. So shoving their food down in a snuffle mat, hiding their food throughout your home. I like to shove food in paper bags and have the dog shred the bags. All of these different ways that we can provide them with enrichment throughout their day and allow them to actually forage for their own food. It's a, it's just one big way that we can do that. And I was on a hike a few days ago um, with a trainer friend of mine, and we were talking about this because we were talking about Coppinger's work. And we were watching our dogs. We had four, four dogs with us. And we were watching them just kind of run up and down the trail and sniff and roll on things and just be dogs. And we were really just in a remote enough area that we just allowed the dogs to be themselves and do whatever they needed to do. And we talked about how, how so many dogs who are owned by people don't ever get the opportunity to just explore an environment the way that our dogs were in that moment and how it's actually really, really important to them. And why is it so important to them? Because it's part of their, it's part of their biology. It's part of their makeup. They're driven to travel by foot over pretty big distances and explore their environment and take advantage of reinforcement in their environment. And our dogs weren't eating much out on the trail. There wasn't much to find and eat. Um, but they were, you know, nose to the ground and, and running through the woods and chasing chipmunks and, um, you know, rolling on things and generally speaking, being dogs. And I just find that my dogs have such, such um, more normal behavior at home. They're easier to live with. They sleep more. They're less anxious. They're less agitated. Um, you know, like when the UPS truck truck pulls up my driveway, everybody goes a little crazy. But I find that they normalize faster and they don't mistake, let's say, the garbage truck that's just passing by um, for the UPS truck when they have had these opportunities to just be out and about searching in the world. And so I think, you know, if we... If we're going to do something to honor Ray Coppinger's work, I think one thing that we can do is literally help our dogs live a little bit more like the village dump dogs of Tijuana, say, which is one of the places that he studied dogs um, over a long course of time. You know, let's help them live a little bit more like that by giving them a little more freedom and allowing them to scavenge or forage or work for their food on more of a daily basis and just kind of say you know you're not a watered down wolf you're not a you know you're not a quote-unquote just domestic version of this other thing you're actually your own species that evolved very specifically to forage in human populated environments 
And how can I treat you more as such so that you can just have maybe a better life than you would have before? So you guys, if you've got thoughts on this, um, shoot them over to cogdogradio at gmail.com. Or if you've got ideas for the podcast, shoot them over there too, because I'm going to start launching podcasts every week. And we're going to do, I've got a couple of case studies up my sleeve, but a lot of the podcasts are going to be interviews. So I'm going to bring in experts. We're going to get your questions answered up, up, um, coming up quick. We're going to be talking to Patty again. She's Kevin's mom. If you listen to the Kevin story, you, you heard me talking to Patty and her interview, which is Kevin part three, remains one of the most popular episodes that I've put out. And for very good reason, she is um, a wonderful storyteller and she's very intelligent. And I'm going to have her on and she and I are just kind of going to muse about nutrition um, and talk about the raw diet and talk about how as a veterinarian she has put the raw diet to work for her. I'm going to be talking with some trainer friends of mine and some agility competitors. And so if you've got someone that you want to hear from or some topics that you would like me to hit, shoot me those emails, cogdogradio at gmail.com. And I look forward to putting out more podcasts and um, continuing to talk dogs through the rest of the year. So thanks for listening.